Welcome into the Unnamed MMA Podcast. I'm Adam Abdallah, along with Jordan Sherwood. You can follow me on Twitter at Adam A. Abdallah. Follow Jordan on Twitter at Woodon1063. You can catch him on the First Strike Podcast. You can get all of his picks, not just the ones we're going to mention today, but all of his picks at FatJackSports.com. Jordan, we are about to preview UFC 271. How's it going? It's good. I mean, finally, the UFC has put on another big fight card during Super Bowl weekend. They've done that in the past. Uh, the last couple of years, they they really haven't. But we've got a very intriguing uh, headlining fight, and it's, it's good because it's a big sports betting weekend anyways. So why not have a big-time fight and a couple other ones that we can make some money on? before we maybe win or lose it the next day on the Super Bowl. Exactly. Pad that wallet. Get your picks ready. Get them set after you listen to this. Make all your bets. Pad that wallet for Sunday, and then, you know, whatever happens Sunday happens on Sunday. But let's try to make people some money here. So in this main event here, you've got Israel Adesanya against Robert Whitaker. It is a rematch. It's been a few years in the making. So this one, you've got two different styles coming into this fight, where Whitaker likes to take it on the ground, and Adesanya is more of a striker and a kickboxer and that kind kind of thing. So is this a a, a a chance here where Adesanya is a heavy favorite? Whitaker comes in where he's going to have to control the fight on the ground. He's a big underdog in this fight. But when you look at it, if you look at their last few fights, Whitaker has actually performed really well in his last few fights. Yeah, I mean, this is the de- definitely the right fight for middleweight in the middleweight championship. Robert Whitaker is the former champion. He lost the title to, to Israel Adesanya, then has gone on a uh, 3-0 streak against the top-tier contenders. You know, Darren Till, Jared Cannonier, Kelvin Gastelum. Cannonier's on the on the undercard of the main uh, main fight. So, yeah, I mean, he, he, he deserves this title shot. And it's going to be a combination of two things for Robert Whitaker. One, changing up his game plan from when they were initially met. I mean, Robert Whitaker tried to you know, go and just, you know, kill Israel Adesanya and win a stand-up fight. That's a recipe for disaster against a guy as accomplished as Israel Adesanya uh, from his kickboxing background and what he's done, you know, while he's been in the UFC. So he's going to have a different game plan, and then he's going to probably try and replicate what he saw two fights ago when Israel Adesanya went up in late and lost to Jan Blachowicz, uh, the what was then the current light heavyweight champion, a top-heavy wrestle-heavy game, get Israel Adesanya to the ground. Now, that's easier said than done at 185 compared to what that fight was at 205. So, uh, look, end of the day, I think, you know, Adam, we're, ta- we're, we're talking about a guy in Israel Adesanya that's a special talent. Like, one of those guys that is, you know, going to be dominant and dominant for quite some time. And I just don't think as talented as Robert Whitaker is, as good as he's looked, and knowing what worked, what didn't work the last time he was in there without Asanya, it's just not going to matter. We're talking about a guy that's one of probably going to be going down as one of the greatest of all time in Israel Adesanya, and he's going to want it. He's going to dominate the middleweight division until he decides he doesn't want to dominate anymore and then takes on a new challenge. So how does Whitaker win this fight? Is this going to be, you've got to muddy this up, you've got to take this to the ground, and then is Adesanya not going to want to give up the ground? Is he going to try to be a little more defensive, which could lead to a longer fight? Yeah, I do. I, I mean, I think, look, you know, Israel Adesanya has very good takedown defense, uh, but he definitely is likely a fish out of water if this fight were to go to the ground. And we did see him struggle to do that. But Jan Bohovic was the first guy to be able to take him to the ground. And that fight, again, was at 205. It's not at 185 where this fight is being contested. So it's a combination of, of working in some wrestling, working in some grappling, but also um, – Robert Whitaker is going to have to be tentative and pick his moments. He didn't really do that the first fight. He tried to stand in the pocket and exchange with Israel Adesanya. And Adesanya is a sniper. I mean, that guy just has openings. He finds openings all day long on the feet. And that's why I, I love the over 
in this fight. I okay. think this fight is is likely going over to three and a half, likely going over to four and a half. And albeit I already made a I already made a play. I like Israel Adesanya via decision. You can get it at plus money. And when you look at it, Israel Adesanya has not been, uh, you know, I mean, yes, he, he did finish Paulo Costa, but his last time out went five rounds with Marvin Vittori. So that was a unanimous decision victory. Robert Whitaker has been going to the judges' scorecards in his last three fights. And if you're going to have a top-heavy wrestling game for Robert Whitaker, he's going to look to take the fight to the ground. And Israel Adesanya is going to, you know, Utilize distance, utilize you know his striking acumen in a bigger octagon, and that's the other thing you got to remember. This is a thirty foot octagon because it's in Houston, not at the apex, which is a twenty five foot octagon. So that's why I like the over, and I think Israel Adesanya again gets his hand raised, unanimous decision victory for the last style bender. When you look at uh, Whitaker's last fight, it's a common opponent with Adesanya, and he was able to become a striker and actually win that fight as a striker and not more as a grappler, as a wrestler, how can he take that into this fight? And maybe, you know, if it does stay above the ground and they're not on the ground wrestling and grappling, how does Whitaker try to win the fight that way? Can he learn anything from his last fight where they do have that common opponent? I mean, he's going to have to be first and then get out of harm's way because he got caught with a counter uh, in that fight at UFC 243 when he got finished in the third round against Israel Adesanya. So he's going to, you know, he he's he's no slouch on his feet, on the feet. You know, he's not like a wrestler that, you know, has a little bit of stand up. This guy, he can he can kickbox, uh, and, and he you know he's got a lot of knockouts in, in his you know previous history in the UFC. But I just don't see it happening because he's going to have to walk through fire and do something. So first off, walk through fire against an unbelievable striker, and then do, take a guy to the ground that doesn't go to the ground. So mm-hmm. it's it's Robert Whitaker's great. Like he's a great fighter, and you know it's just he's one of those guys. He's like you know the Ewing in the Jordan era. You know he's 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 the guy that's going up against the greatest in his division, and he's very good. He's an all star. You know he probably would be a champion if if Israel Adesanya didn't exist, but the last style bender does, and uh, <laughs> it's just it's just bad. It's just going to be a bad recipe for for Robert Whitaker. But I do believe he survives, and I think it goes five. Rounds and I think uh, you know Israel Adesanya is uh, your your and still middleweight champion of the world. So Adesanya has been taken down seven times in his last two matchups, so he can be susceptible. Does he come out a little because this would play into your over pick of over four and a half rounds, which you can get at uh, at you know it's around minus one thirty right now on Fanduel. You can also get Adesanya by points, like you said, at plus one forty five right now, uh, also on Fanduel. So if you look at that. And his he's been susceptible to takedowns his last two fights. He's been taken down seven times. Does that play into the back of his mind that he's like, hey, I got to avoid this? You said it's a bigger octagon. He's got more ground to cover. He can't just go back against the cage like he, like maybe some fighters would against a grappler like that. He's going to have more space to move. Does he kind of play this cat and mouse game where if Whitaker is going to be diving for the legs all the time, does he try to use the bigger octagon, move around a little bit, and kind of wear Whitaker out that way and then go in for the knockout? And it's the other thing that I love about Adesanya is that he he he's learning like he's growing like you know he was new to mixed martial arts and and just completely like utilize his unbelievable skill set as a kickboxer his unbelievable athleticism and that translated extremely well to MMA in the UFC so he also comes from a great camp. City Kickboxing is a great camp that has moved from Australia to the United States. So they're here. You know, he's not having to worry about all that travel overseas. I mean, that was this was you know now a couple of years that he's been in the United States. So he's constantly learning. And and I would have to believe that following the loss to Jan Bolhovich, where it was exposed, if he does get taken to the ground, that he's been working day in day out to. to get that uh, you know, rectified and, and make sure that if he does go to the ground, he's able to get the fight right back up or he's able to be effective off of his back. But either way, 
you got to get there. And, and I think it's going to be a very difficult task for Robert Whitaker to get there. So for the main event, Adesanya against Whitaker, we're going to take Adesanya by points at plus 145, and we expect the fight to go to the distance. And before that fight, not a co-main event, but the, fo- the fight right before that fight, you're going to have Derek Lewis against Bam Bam Tuivasa, two heavyweights. I love this. Yeah. I love when two big dudes just start <laughs> punching at each other. And if you look at Derek Lewis, he's got the UFC record for knockouts at 13, but some of his fights can be kind of boring because they're, they're heavyweights. I mean, they get, yeah. tired, they get tired fast because they're heavyweights, and unless he's going for that knockout, this can be kind of a, 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 a snoozer, if you will, going into this main event. How do you look at and how do you handicap for a guy who's been known to knock guys out but at the same time can get tired and kind of have those long drag-out fights? And, and also, like, worried that, like, where the fight's going to go. And, and I think, you know, he was tentative. Derek Lewis was the previous fight, not the one he was just out where he knocked out Chris Dawkins, but the one before that where he was an interim title fight against Cyril Gaon. He was tentative. He was under a lot of pressure because that actually fight was also in Houston uh, in front of his hometown crowd and, and just didn't perform. And then he had the, the probably the worst fight that I've ever seen against Francis Ngannou. Where, like, like literally the, those two guys like threw three strikes total. Like in the fight, like mm-hmm. it was just, it was just awful. But outside of that, like Derek Lewis, as you just mentioned, he's a knockout artist. You know, twenty six wins, twenty one knockouts. He's got the UFC record for knockouts. Uh, and then Tai Tuivasa's you no know, slouch. You know, he's got thirteen wins, twelve KOs. Mm-hmm. Um, the benefit for Derek Lewis is a couple of things, which is why he's such a heavy favorite. For one, now he is ten and one officially in the state of Texas. So the last time out, he was in Texas, he lost, but. Previous to that, he, he was 10 and 0. He's unbeaten. He's also fighting a guy that doesn't wrestle, that doesn't have a submission game. It's a guy that just walks towards you, stands in the pocket, and hit or kill or be killed. You know, who's going to knock out first? So, Tai Tuivasa is giving the fight that Derek Lewis wants, and Derek Lewis is, does extremely well with. Tai Tuivasa also has struggled. His losses have been to the upper echelon of the heavyweight division. Derek Lewis is the upper echelon of the heavyweight division. Mm-hmm. I mean, Derek Lewis just has that unbelievable freakish knockout power where if he lands one bomb, he can do it. I think there's reason, though, Abdallah. I think there's a reason, small play, to consider Tuivasa if he utilizes leg kicks. He does have that in his arsenal. We've seen it before. Derek Lewis has struggled before against guys that will throw leg kicks. But if he's just going to stand in front of him, if he's just going to box him, which all likely could happen, um, it's 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 going to be bad. So, I, I mean, Derek Lewis, as I mentioned, should be favored. And you know what sucks, too, is I just like we just realized this and it's been trending a lot lately. Like, you know, Tui Vas is like a fun fighter. Like, people like him. He's mm-hmm. popular. He does this thing called the shoey where he drinks a beer out of a shoe after each win. Yeah, he that's gets, awesome. Like, yeah, yeah. Well, Dana White's been talking about it. He gets really, as a, as a shoe person, you're ruining <laughs> shoes. That's fine. But if you're making a bunch of money winning these fights, you go up, you pour a beer into a shoe, and you drink it afterwards. Like, that's amazing. It's amazing. But people aren't going to be happy if he wins because he's beating the hometown guy like he's yeah. not gonna he's not gonna get a shoe or a cowboy boot or whatever they got in houston like it's it's just bad but fun fight for as long as it lasts fun fight for as long as it lasts so i'll, I'll say this i think it could be that he looked good on the at, the at the scales and both guys did both guys game him and i think just under the the heavyweight limit uh at like 265 266 but tuivasa looked good this this is his opportunity he looked great his last time out I might have a small play on Tuivasa come fight night. Again, just thinking about he's going to utilize his leg kicks, cause Derek Lewis to think about it a little bit, 
But likelihood, you know, the smart play is is Lewis gets the knockout. It's the under at one and a half. I don't see these guys going going three rounds because one bomb hits and and, and the lights are going out. Do you switch up your style at all? Tuivasa has ten fights under UFC and has zero takedowns. Is there any chance that Derek Lewis maybe goes for a leg and tries to get yes, this on the ground? Yes, okay. yes. He's got that. He, he does have that. And he, we've seen that before from Derek Lewis. Tuivasa will not. Yeah. Tuivasa does not have that in his DNA to look for, shoot for a takedown. If he does, I mean, <laughs> that, that would be an absolute first. I'd be shocked. But, yeah, Derek Lewis could look to implement that a little bit because Tuivasa also – does struggle when the fight does go to the ground. He's been stopped before via TKO when fights have gone to the ground. And Derek Lewis on top of you, the Black Beast on top of you, that's 200 and what will be like 85, 90 pounds of man uh, on top of you. That'll be tough to get off if that fight goes there. So Derek Lewis by knockout, by KO, TKO is minus 120 on FanDuel. If you want uh, Derek Lewis by points, that's plus 650. Do you think there's any chance that this fight goes the distance? Should you sprinkle a little bit on that plus 650 for Derek Lewis, plus 750 for Tui Vasa? Or even, if you want to get real frisky like we just mentioned, Derek Lewis by submission. <laughs> 260 to 1. Yeah, wow. Uh, maybe that's what, maybe, maybe like he tries to show something and he got, he's got an arm bar in, in him or something like that. I mean, it's just, no, it, it's, it's, it's the exact opposite of what I feel about like with the main event where like, yeah, you know, like wrestling is going to be probably in play. A little bit of more tentativeness is going to be in play, but like, Derek Lewis just doesn't have it in, and I think he's got something to prove in front of his hometown crowd because he looked so bad the last time out he was there in the loss to Cyril Gaon. And Bam Bam's going to give him the fight he wants. Like, Bam Bam's just going to walk towards him and, like, try and knock me out. Uh, I'll knock you out. So, yeah, no, I, I, I don't see the decision being a smart play because I don't think yeah. there's gonna, it's going to be a tentative fight. See, I'm I'm not an MMA fighter. I'm a doughy 155. Like, that's not, that's not fighting. But if I'm going to go in against the guy who's coming in to knock out, who wants to get that big knockout in front of the home crowd, does Tui Vasa just say, you know what, I'm going to throw something in he doesn't know and maybe go for a takedown and attempt to takedown and try that? Because, look, I mean, if you're going to know this dude wants to get the big knockout, he wants the big pop from the crowd. Hometown wants that, wants that big reaction. Do you just try to throw everything out and just say, hey, I'm going in and I'm just going to mess this guy I mean, up? I'll, and- I'll, yeah, I mean, look, I'll say this. I mean, Tui Vasa, this will be the biggest win in his career. And, and Derek Lewis has already fought for the title twice. Twice, uh, and he's already fought the champion uh, in, in Francis Ngannou uh, and won. Actually, that was the he did beat him because that was the worst fight, unanimous decision victory. So, um, Tuivasa might because Tuivasa got an opportunity. He beats Derek Lewis, he m- might be fighting for the championship because he's not fought Francis Ngannou yet. So, yeah, one wouldn't surprise me. But these guys just go back like when you're at this age, when you're at this stage, mm-hmm. they just go back to what they know, and, yeah. and it's two guys that want to entertain the crowd and, and knock each other out. So I don't see it being any different. So though. the play for that one is the under one and a half. You can get that at uh, minus one, or uh, it's at like minus one fifty right now on FanDuel. We go to the other fight on the main card: Derek Brunson against Jared Canyonair. Uh So this one is Derek Brunson twenty three and seven, Canyonair fourteen and five. What's just some base things people should know about this fight here? Well, it's Blonde Brunson. Uh, and what I mean by that is uh, since Derek Brunson lost to Israel Adesanya, when Israel Adesanya was on the come up, it was a big, heavily you know, promoted fight, and he got stopped in the first round. Derek Brunson since then, for some reason, dyed his hair blonde and has cashed, at, look, listen to this, has cashed uh, all his fights, dollar 11 favorite, plus 130 underdog, plus 285 underdog, plus 120 underdog. 
He's a plus one thirty underdog. He has blonde hair coming in the fight night. Done. Jared, yeah, well, Jared, <laughs> and, <laughs> exactly. Not going to bet against a trend. He's and he's an older fighter. He's thirty seven years old. Mm-hmm. So is Jared Cannonier. So this is the last you know really swan song for really both guys. Um, Jared Cannonier is no slouch, but he'll struggle with a guy that's going to try and implement a wrestling game that can back it up with some solid boxing. Um, so yeah, I mean, why aren't you going to play the trend of Derek Brunson cashing with the blonde hair as an underdog? That's what I'm going to play. I mean, that's what I'm going to play and, and recommend because I don't see Jared Cannonier. Uh, Jared Cannonier can knock guys out. Like he knocked Jack Hermanson out, the guy that just fought in, a, in the last main event against Sean Strickland. Mm-hmm. So he does have knockout power. He did used to fight at 205, so he does carry that power down to 185. But I, I'm going with the trend. I'm going with Derek Brunson because he's been winning as a blonde haired, you know, bruiser. I guess we'll go with that. And, uh, you know, like he's getting the alliteration. The yeah, kids love the alliteration. alliteration. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Kids love it. And, uh, you know, he's been wrestling and wrestling extremely well, and he's going to be able to utilize that uh, come fight night. So why wouldn't I pick Derek, Derek Brunson? So if you're looking at method of victory, obviously, if you're going money line straight up, Derek Brunson is plus 144 on FanDuel. If you're going method of victory, are you thinking Brunson by points? Are you thinking Brunson by submission? Brunson by knockout? How are we looking at this? I think one? Brunson via, via decision. I think, okay. again, he's been able to, you know, control the fights, get the fight to the ground because that's where he'll. He'll have the advantage over Jared Cannonier. Why, you know, risk, you know, because we have seen Dirk Brunson get knocked out before. And also, the, the, the reason why Dirk Brunson has matured into a fighter is that he used to be a knockout puncher. He used to just look for the knockout, look for the kill. And then he went, you know, full Donkey Kong, you know, style, and he got blitzed <laughs> by Israel Adesanya. You can't do that. So why, why risk it? Get the fight to the ground where you're going to have the advantage and, and grind out the unanimous decision victory. Before we go on to the prelims, because I know you have some picks for the prelims, anything else on the main card that you like that you want to give out? I don't remember. Did you, were you like an old pro wrestling fan back in the day? Oh, yeah, okay. absolutely. So you like, you know, the squat matches, you know, the guy that, like, you know, you have the jobber, yeah. and then you, you know, it's, you know, 15-second match with King Kong Bundy or whatever mm-hmm. that is. We might have that with Kyler Phillips and uh, Marcelo Rojo. Uh, they're high on Kyler Phillips, and, and, and they think that this guy can be a bantamweight, you know, showcased fighter, a guy that might be challenging for the championship at some point. Uh, he did lose his last time out, so this is kind of like that gimme fight, if you will, and there's nothing discrediting against Marcel, uh, Marcelo Rojo, but I like Phillips in this fight, but I like him via submission. I think you get it at six to one right now. Oh, that's a that's great play right there. So obviously we've got the prelims here and a fight that was supposed to be on, but not on because someone didn't make weight. Well, no, there's a couple of things. So yeah, there's one fight that's been canceled, which sucks because it's the fifth time it's been canceled, and I had a play on it. Alex Perez, Matt Schnell, flyweight fight. Mashnell decided not to take the fight. And look, he has every right to do that. I hate it when when guys choose to do that, just take the money and like take the fight. But again. They were contracted to fight at 125, and Alex Perez weighed 128. So, like, yeah, I get it. Uh, I had the internet fight. I thought Alex Perez was going to finish match now. So that's out the door. Uh, but Where's what, the three-pound allowance? When I was wrestled in high school, we had a three-pound allowance. Come on, man. Not, not what are we doing here? Yeah, what, not, we don't get a three-pound allowance here? How about a 12-pound allowance? Because, wait. Or, wait, 14, actually. I think it's 14 that happened. 14-pound allowance. How do you come in 14 pounds? That's not like, oh, guys, I really tried and just sucks. I couldn't do it. Yeah. That's like a complete disregard. And didn't wait, and didn't wait till the end of the weigh-ins. Like, went midway through. I'm like, ah, I'm not going to cut anymore. I'm not going to make it. Something's wrong with William Knight. That has to be the case. He's injured. And granted, he took a light heavyweight fight on short notice. Now the fight is at heavyweight against Maxim Grishin. Uh, I was leaning maybe towards William Knight, you know, having the advantage. He's got knockout power. He's an enormous 205-pound uh, fighter. I'm now all in on Maxim Grishin. I'm in on the under. I think there's something wrong with William Knight. He's taking the fight probably likely when he shouldn't be taking the fight. I think there's an injury. I mean, you don't... 
12, 14 pounds is, is atrocious. So uh, I'm playing Maxim Grishin. I think he gets a finish, uh, and I'll play the under. Any other uh, matches in the prelim that, prelims that you like before uh, the main card starts? Yeah, I think it, you, you want to pay attention to two fights. One, uh, Hinoto Maikano and Alexander Hernandez. I think Maikano just better everywhere. Alex Hernandez does get a lot of love because he made a UFC debut and knocked out Benil Dariush, who's a very top-tiered lightweight. And then he also won his last fight via knockout. But And Hinoto Maikano is extremely well-versed on the feet, on the ground. I think he wins. The other one I'm paying attention to, Roxanne Matafari and Casey O'Neill. It's the only women's fight on this fight card. This will be the last time that we see Roxanne Matafari. She's kind of like a, a pioneer of women's mixed martial arts. She's got several fights. It's always fun to play the under uh, uh, for women's fights. Um, Roxanne Matafari nearly ever gets finished. It's been, I think, since 2018, the last time that she got finished. Casey O'Neill is 8-0. and Three and on the UFC, all three finishes. She is a big time prospect, but it's not juicy enough yet for me to lay. Uh, you know, I think it's only plus one ninety five. Mm-hmm. If it gets to two twenty five, two thirty, I'll probably play the under because I think Casey O'Neill can finish Roxanne Matafari, and this is Roxanne Matafari's retirement fight. She has announced her retirement before this fight. She's done. So. I think that Casey O'Neill has an opportunity to really put a stamp. And like, I'm here, I'm 4-0 with four finishes, uh, and I just finished a girl that never gets finished. Well, and there's got to be a lot of emotion that goes into that. You know, you've been fighting since 2003, and this is your last one. Like, yeah. just the emotion going into that might be a ton for any fighter. And so you go in, especially against a young gun like that, and anything can happen in that fight. So for UFC 271, Adesanya against Whitaker, the main plays for the main event, Adesanya over four and a half. So you're predicting it to go to the distance. Adesanya via decision. And then for the big dudes, Derek King under one and a half round to get that knockout, correct? Yeah, well, exa- but again, I might have a small play in Tai Tuivasa because I think he could utilize leg kicks. So just take the under for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, you know, I, I guess it's, it's, it's going to be a gut feel for however you want to play it. Lewis or Tai Tuivasa uh, in that co-main event. I'm Adam Abdallah. Follow me on Twitter at Adam A. Abdallah. That is Jordan Sherwood, the man with all of the info at Wood on 1063. Catch him on the First Strike podcast as well. Get all of his picks at fatjacksports.com. If they go to fatjacksports.com, what else can they find there, Jordan? They also can find, uh, you know, several different, uh, you know, plays for, for themselves, uh, you know, a- anything. We're always giving out content. We're always giving out plays. And obviously, you also DM me as well if you want to, you have an opinion that you need uh, an answer on. I'll give it. I appreciate that. I might be DMing you. I've got your number. Why don't you, why don't you just like, text I'll me? just text you. Well, yeah, but you're checking your DMs. You're giving out plays. You might not know it's me. I'll create a few, <laughs> you know, fake accounts to get the Do majority of the plays. Do you feel like we plays. have a relationship? Did you have to? Like, no, because you send me the plays regardless. So okay. I, what I should do is just tweet them out and start charging for those <laughs> right, plays. Exactly. Like, you want to I'll just undercut you by, like, two bucks and try to get Don't make me tell Fat Jack, because then he'll be No, angry. I don't want then, Fat Jack coming after yeah, me. Although over. he's all over the world. Like, who knows where he is? It's where in the world is Fat Jack right now. <laughs> so you can catch Fat Jack on with myself and Chris Black. We're on weeknights uh, from 6 to 8. That is Jordan Sherwood. I'm Adam Abdallah. Thank you for listening to the Unnamed MMA Podcast.